guys, welcome into the Up and Under podcast. I'm your host, Hani. Joining me, as always, is Zisha. Yo. First and foremost, Happy New Year to everyone. We are now in 2023. I know it's still not, we're still not used to saying it. Like It's weird, man. Yeah, it, it definitely feels weird. But we're in a new year, uh, but the NBA season is still going on. And, you know, around January is usually the time where some of the buzz starts to happen towards All-Star, the All-Star weekend. You know, and, so, you know, a lot of people want to start putting up their predictions, casting their votes as to who they believe are going to be uh, All-Stars for this season. And so, obviously, in traditional in a traditional fashion, we want to give you guys our All-Star predictions for the season. And in this episode, we're going to be starting off with our Western Conference All-Star predictions. Um, and just to keep in mind, we don't really love the fan vote. Uh, yeah. Yeah, That's we, for sure. Yeah, we pretty much hate the fan vote. So the way we're going to be, we're still going to be giving you guys our starters and our reserves in the typical format. However, we are going to be basing our information on who we believe deserves those spots rather than who's going to be the most popular players because it's much more fun. And I think personally speaking, all-star games are for the are not only for the fans, but the players have incentives. They have reasons to want to be an all-star this season. Listen, man, at least the NBA doesn't have... They, they instituted the Zaza Pachulia rule where, like, they had to lower the fan vote. Imagine if Zaza Pachulia made the all-star team that year, bro. That would have been insane, man. Yeah. Imagine just looking up Zaza Pachulia's uh, stats and then seeing Hall of Famer, <laughs> one-time Hall of Famer next to his name. That would be crazy, man. Listen, man, Zaza was a scary. It was a, it was a scary moment, but it legitimately could have happened. They also, I think, they instigated a rule around Andrew Wiggins as well. Yeah, they. Uh, it was like I think the Twitter rule or something. Like yeah. you can't vote through Twitter or something like that anymore. Yeah. Uh, that was because like I mean, K- one of the K-pop guys was like partnered with the Warriors, so he sent it out to all his fans vote for Andrew Wiggins. And listen, I'm not mad that Andrew Wiggins made it. Shout out to Team Canada. He deserved it, but. but- like that was crazy, man. Yeah, like the bottom line is we really don't don't enjoy the fan vote, but we do want to be fair. We want to be able. We'll give you guys a rationale as to who we believe are going to be all star starters and versus all star reserves. But before we even get in, jump right into this. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and of course on YouTube. Subscribe so you don't miss more great content. And the next episode, we're going to be bringing our, our Eastern Conference All Star predictions, and. Uh, Spoiler alert! That one is going to be, there's going to be a lot, a lot of debate. I'm going to just going to leave yeah. it at that. Which is why we started off with the Western Conference. I think the Western Conference is a little bit more, you know, everyone knows generally who's going to make it. Yeah, like it was so. a lot more straightforward. Even when we were we were kind of listing them out on for our notes, we kind of were just like, yeah, well, that that, that was that was easy. Yeah, <laughs> like it really didn't take us much. But starting us off with the probably the most no brainer. All-star pick. The first guard spot, Western Conference guard starter, um, I think it's no surprise it's going to be Luka Doncic. I mean, the dude is putting up 34, 34 points a game, 8.8 rebounds, 8.7 assists per game. And the Mavs, I believe, are the fourth or fifth seed in the Western Conference right now. Will they stay there by the end of the season? Who knows? But as of right now, Luka Doncic is in the MVP conversation, man. He has been fantastic this season. We spoke about him in, in previous episodes. The dude has just been insane this season. Yeah, so, and he's had he's had that sixty point triple double game that he had with twenty yeah. rebounds. Um, he there was a stretch there where he was averaging forty something points a game. Yeah. Um, like his stats are scream all star. His 
we all know he's kind of one of the next up faces of the league. Oh yeah. Now, obviously, like nobody in terms of marketability, nobody's gonna obviously be able to succeed what LeBron did for the NBA. But like Luca, Jason Tatum, Giannis is a little bit more older at this point. But like those kind of guys are the next up in the NBA. And Luka Doncic, I mean, he cemented himself already. Yeah. Um, his defense, for one, has been better this season, which I don't think has been talked about enough. He's been much better on the defensive end. Uh, not the usual, you know, no disrespect, but he was basically a pylon on that end for basically his whole career. And now this year, he said Jason Kidd really challenged him to be better on the defensive end. And it's shown in the product, right? Now, again, in terms of the Mavericks outside of Luka Doncic, we know the story, right? You know, Christian Wood, my guy, he's cool. Um and the rest of the team is just, it's not, in terms of actual team aspirations, I don't think it's looking too great for the Mavs unless they swing a big trade this, this season. Which but in terms of the all-star happen. pick, like Luka's led his team into a top six spot as of right now, at least. And so that's good enough to get him easily that all-star start. I, I think even if he wasn't in a top six spot, like, spot with his team, I think he'd still, he'd still be a lock. I mean, the numbers are too good for him not to be a starter. And in terms of his backcourt partner in the All-Star game, now there's a little bit more debate on this one, but I think based on the circumstances right now, and we're going to talk about this with the bench guards, um, but I think John Morant makes the most sense. He's been consistently leading his team through a top three seed for this whole season. Basically, they've been up and down there in that top three seed. They beat our team very badly. Yeah, that was just... I mean, everyone's beating our team. It's not really an accomplishment anyways. It's, it's sad. Um, he's averaging 27 points a game, six rebounds, eight assists, uh, shooting 46% from the field. His three, bo- his three ball has unfortunately dropped off kind of where it's been for the majority of his career, shooting 31%. But he's never been a shooter like in but, his career. Exactly. And outside of that, I think the biggest thing you can say about John Morant is that he screams all-star. What you, what, what you want from an all-star game is exactly what John Morant is. He's one of those few guys that you know if he plays and you pay a ticket to watch him play, you won't be disappointed because he's going to do at least one thing every game where you're like, holy crap, I, that was well worth the price. You know, so I, despite, you know, the fact that people are starting to hate on Jaw, and I get it, you know, they like to talk trash a lot in Memphis, but the one thing I respect him for is that whichever fan pays to watch him play, they get their money's worth, and I I really like that about him, and it makes sense for him in the All-Star, on the All-Star team in the All-Star game, he's a lock for the All-Star game. It reminds you of Russell Westbrook, where, like, he doesn't cheat the fans, he really comes in and he plays hard, man. The thing with Jaw, yes, they talk trash. The, the Grizzlies talk trash, but that's a really, it's a, been a really fun team over the last few seasons. Um, I particularly really like them, except when and they're it's been us. an organic team as well. Exactly, it's organic. I I'm a big fan of Coach Taylor Jenkins. I think he's done a great job with the team. The roster, the construction of the roster was very good. They really took advantage of getting that number two pick in John Moran and just completely building this team. And you can see the the reaping the the rewards out of that. With Ja is in legitimate All Star consideration, and honestly, he deserves to be a starter. Obviously, that's going to be circumstantial, and we'll get to that. But in terms of right now, John Morant's a lock for a starting guard spot. Which brings us to the forward spot, the starting forward spot. And I feel like this this we felt like this position should have changed over the last like. I don't know, 15 years, but for whatever reason... Especially this season based on how the season started. Yeah, but no. This spot will forever and always be LeBron James' spot. <laughs> Basically. Like, LeBron James, 
38 year old he just turned 38 38 year old lebron james in year 20 averaging 29 points a game eight rebounds 6.6 assists per game shooting about 51 percent from field 30 percent from three but lebron's not a three-point shooter um now the lakers they've been pretty bad i can't they lie suck. Yeah, the, the Lakers have been bad. They've turned it around a little bit, but then AD got hurt, always disabled. We'll get to that as well. But basically, LeBron has just been going beast mode. He dropped 47 points on his birthday. Um, he's been just... Followed that up by dropping 43. Yeah, yeah he's been sensational. He's year, like you, you would look at this guy and you would not think he's in year 20. And this is just who he's been throughout his career, man. He's just been... He still is one of the best players in the league. He's still one of the most freakish athletes in the league. Um, and LeBron is still one of the scariest team person people you never want to see LeBron in like a play-in or like a winner-takes-all situation because that dude is terrifying. And it's a shame that LeBron's career as of right now is kind of ending the way it started with yeah. him being insanely good and just nothing being around him. Like if you look at, for example, like if you look at last year's Lakers team, 90% of the team is not even in the NBA anymore. That's how bad that team was. We only thought yeah. of it as a good team because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis to a certain extent. Outside of that, the whole team is not in the NBA anymore. And this season, it's not really much different either, right? Uh, so, I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James. Again, the way he started the season, everyone's like, oh, is this the year he finally drops off? And then he was like, no, nah, I'm sick. And he came back after sickness and bam, LeBron James. Right, he's so, not human. Like I think we've all we've all established, the dude's not human. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're in year twenty. You're thirty eight years old. Your body is not supposed to be able to do this. I mean, it's LeBron James, right? So again, it's a shame that in terms of team wise, it's not going great. But but numbers wise, he deserves to be an all star. Exactly. So. Um, next up, in terms of we talked about the number two pick, uh, previously in John Morant, his number one pick in that year's draft was Zion Williamson, and he's gonna be our other starting forward. Um, Zion Williamson, no doubt, like he's been averaging 26 points a game, seven rebounds, uh, shooting 61% from the field. He's even shooting 37% from three, though. Again, he barely takes eight threes, and he doesn't really need to, to be honest. No. Um, surprisingly, he's led his team to a well, currently a top three record in the Western Conference. Um, and a majority of that time has been without Brandon Ingram um, also. And so in terms of New Orleans, they've been a great team. And Zion Williamson has been the catalyst for it. Like, we can't, he came into the season, everyone's questioning, like, how good is he going to be? What's his outlook going to be like off of his injury, off of not playing last year? And he's been better than ever. Um, he's slimmed down noticeably. And just, like, his offensive, he's so good offensively without really needed to take jumpers. It really does remind you of like a young LeBron James kind of, except Zion's more of a power forward than uh, a swing man. He reminds me more of Shaq, to be honest with you. Just because, well, a, basically a forward version of Shaq, yeah. Yeah, like he's just so dominant. And the, the, the dude's huge, man. Like Even though he slimmed down, the dude is still huge. He will move guys out of the way. And again, I think for us, the biggest question was that will the collection of talent on the Pelicans really work and fit together with Zion? And so far, it's looked really good, man. I think the Pelicans, again, another team that organically built themselves up uh, despite losing their superstar in Anthony Davis, uh, David Griffin's done a great job in bringing, accumulating some good talent surrounding Zion with players, and also being patient. Although again, he did get hurt again this season, but you know, I think that's just going to be a reoccurring thing with Zion Williamson. But when he's on the court, 
the numbers don't lie on this is probably the healthiest he's been throughout his, his NBA career and yeah that those top two picks of the 2019 draft are really good really he, good players man yeah man he's been good he's yeah been good but speaking of the final forward spots which should, was what it was the center spot but what's the position anymore in the NBA but the last position uh I think we forget uh this dude literally won back-to-back MVPs and honestly it's looking like I, I don't think the voters will give it to him, but he honestly does deserve a back-to-back-to-back MVP. That's not stretched to say. He's in the, like, dude, he's in the MVP conversation. We got to give the last four. It's about the Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Jokic in a down year, mind you, 25 points a game, 11 rebounds, 9.5 assists, and this dude's a center. Well, again, he's having a down year on the statistics side because Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. came back. Yeah, like so it's not really a down year either. <laughs> Listen, I'm saying down year in air quotes because, dude, these are insane numbers for the for a, for a center. He's basically played the whole season. He's barely missed any games. I don't even think he's missed any games to be honest with you. Um, again, 61 percent from the field, 35 percent from three. There's not really much to say about Jokic except the dude has just been so consistently good. That he's now vaulting himself in the conversation with like the where Giannis basically is, where we just expect this. We expect that level of greatness from him every single night. And this season is no different. Denver has the number one seed in the Western Conference. A lot of that has to do with Jokic and now the because Murray and uh Michael Porter Jr. are back. Aaron Gordon's been great. Aaron Gordon's been really that. good for Denver. So overall, Denver's again, they're a top seed in the West. Definitely deserve a, a representative in the All-Star game, and Jokic is an, is the no-brainer. Yeah, man, like, he's he's at the point now where he makes consistent Hall of Fame-type greatness look boring. And <laughs> yeah. it, just, it is what it is, man. Like, that's how... You have to reach a certain level of, like, insanely good talent to just make it look boring. And that's what he, he does. He's not the, you know, the flashiest player. He doesn't get all the posters. Um, he doesn't, like, do crazy dunks and stuff. But... He just wins, man. He's a winner. He's he a center averaging more assists than most guards in the league right and now. And as I said, uh, I've said this for the past, like, two years at this point. Uh, he's definitely the greatest center, uh, passing center of all time. Uh, absolutely. I think easily, hands down. And, I mean, when it's all said and done, the way he's playing right now, what, top five center of all time easily? Probably. Yeah, I mean, the man. center spot's stacked for sure. But I mean, he has to be there. He's already won two MVPs. In I a mean, row. Multiple All-Star games. He's been to a conference finals. Like, I think the only thing that will solidify it even further is the championship. But and again, that might happen, feel, too. you got to feel for Jokic because I, I, I read somewhere there's never been a, a player right now or a player in, like, the MVP. Con- there's some stat about, like, he's the only one who hasn't had an All-Star teammate, basically, like, in that Damn. top conversation. Yeah, you're right. Like, top players. He's the only one who hasn't had an All-Star teammate, um, which... I mean, Denver's so good as a collective, but it also kind of hurts when you don't have a very like second op, good second option. You know? I also think Jamal Murray has just kind of been snubbed just because there's a lot of good guards in the Western Conference. But yeah, no, you're right. But yeah. again, I don't think Jamal Murray is what you want a second option on a championship team to be. Unfortunately, yeah. I think he'd be a great third option, but unless he massively improves, I don't think he's that second type of guy that you want. Yeah. But um. Those were our starters for the Western Conference All-Star team. Uh, Luka Doncic, John Morant at the guard spots. And at the three forward spots, we had LeBron James, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic. Starting off with the bench. And we talked about this previously in regards to John Morant and the question of whether he should start 
or as we talk about right now, our first guard being off the bench, Steph Curry. Um, the discussion, I think, a lot revolved around the fact that Steph Curry was so great. But I think, obviously, the injury that he sustained to his shoulder definitely hurt him in his all-star starting chances. Um, he missed quite a few games. Um, not too many, but he's missed, like, more than John Morant. But, I mean, Steph, the, uh, the argument for him is obvious. He's averaging 30 points a game. Um, around seven rebounds, 6.8 assists per game, shooting 50% from the field, 43.4% from three, and 92% from the line. Easy 50-40-90 season once again for Steph. Um, again, Steph Curry, like, we know what he is at this point. For me, he cemented himself, especially last year. Even for me, who I never really liked Steph Curry that much, uh, especially during the Kevin Durant years when they were, like, dominating the NBA. Um, but for me, even, like, he cemented himself as probably, a, like, legacy-wise, a top 10 greatest player of all time um, in terms of his impact on the game. And now with, you know, the accolades, he's got that finals MVP. And in terms of his all-star nod this year, we've seen what the Warriors look like without him. Now, granted, the Warriors have been very, very good at home. And Jordan Poole starting to round into form. Dante DiVincenzo has been huge without Clay. Steph Curry. Clay's rounding out into form. So the Warriors have been much better as of late. But we've seen the extent of how bad it can get without Steph Curry, particularly in the beginning of the season when the Warriors were doing absolutely atrociously on the road. Now, that hasn't gotten that much better, but they've been better as of late. But again, like I said, I think the argument, we've seen what goes on in Golden State without Steph Curry and how much better they are with Steph Curry. And I think that's just the argument. Yeah, I think there's really two reasons why we, we bumped him out of a starter spot. First and foremost, the injuries. Jobs played more games. Um, and obviously that plays a role. And also, I think Jobs' numbers are slightly better, if, I don't, if I'm don't, if i not mistaken. Or maybe not. But regardless of the fact that he's played more games, he's just been around a little bit more. Um, and then the second reason is, is just team success. The Warriors did not have a great start to the season. They had a rough spot. They are they have been turning it around slowly. But when you're talking about John ja Moran, who's his team is currently the number the number two seed, I think in that sense he deserves the starting spot over Steph Curry. Doesn't mean Steph Curry hasn't had a phenomenal season. He's been fantastic. The numbers have been great. You mentioned it. Like I think after last season, he really really started to become a lot more likable to me because I think his value truly showcased himself. Where it was like when the Kevin Durant years, he just seemed a lot more overshadowed, really just riding Kevin Durant. Now you really see him as being the true like elite guard that he actually is. And I mean, the championship last year was like, again, like we talked about before, you root for organic teams. Last year, that was an organic Warriors team, and you had to respect it. You know, that was a, that was a properly built, non-BS stacked Warriors team. Yeah, and I, and I mean, honestly speaking, like I think stylistically, I think speaking, that's really always been my critic of Steph Curry, that it's just not for me. But I still respect the, the player, the fact that what he does on the court, nobody else can do. And the numbers this season haven't lied. And if I, he's back, right, from injury. Well, he's, he's going to come back very soon. Okay. By the time we release this episode, he'll probably have made his return. But um, yeah, like he should be back by the All-Star game. Initially, we were going to have him ha uh, ha put him in this list and then have an injury replacement for him. But I looked at the timeline. It says he's supposed to be back pretty soon. So Yeah, so if Steph Curry's back, he's definitely going to be in the All-Star game. More likely than not, if this was a fan vote situation, he'd probably be in the fan vote. I'm just going to say that that yeah. much at that. But in our case, we feel that he's going to be a reserve. Uh, moving on to the second Western Conference reserve guard spot. Uh, this one, we got to give it to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, man. Shout out, fellow Canadian. Um, 
Shout out Shea. Yeah, shout out Shea, man. This guy, I feel bad because he plays for Oklahoma City, but dude, this dude has been fantastic. 31 points a game, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, shooting 50% from the field, 35% from 3. The team, his team is garbage. I mean, his team is absolutely garbage. But Shea, honestly, I don't think anyone expected him to be as good as he is as soon as he has been. Yeah. Um, his game has just been so refined, so polished. He can, he's got his handles better, his jump shooting is better, his finishing is better, defensively he's better. Um... Just all around, man. This dude is a great, great player. Um, again, he, I think he needs to start winning sooner rather than later in his career. But I think we'll see. The t- The real test is from next next season onwards. So we'll see what the OKC Thunder does. Yeah, I think that, 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 that's, that's fair. But in terms of individual like performances, man, it's really hard not to give Shea an all-star nod because of how good he's been, man. He's, I think he's, what, uh, top three, top five in scoring in the league, which is insane to think about. Uh, but yeah, I don't really have much more to say beyond the fact that Shea's just been great. He's progressively got himself better each and every single season, despite being on a very poor franchise. And I think that's the that's what you need to do in those situations if you're a young player. Take advantage of the extra minutes and get yourself and prove yourself to be a, fa- a, a, a superstar, which is exactly what he's done. Yeah, man. Like, he, he plays like a veteran out there in terms of, like, he doesn't... He's very good, kind of like Luka Doncic at controlling the pace that they play. You know, quick stops, quick starts, uh, very much like that. You know, in the I guess uh, a guy I hate talking about, Paul Pierce, but very much in that mold. I think um, they kind of all remind me of that Paul Pierce type. I hate Paul Pierce, um, but yeah. So I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander, man, shout out to Shea. Like he's he performed great for Canada when he played. Um, Plays for Canada too. Yeah, man. Like Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's definitely next up in terms of you know Canadian. Um, hierarchy of things, but yeah, man, Shagil just Alexander, uh, absolutely deserves the spot. Absolutely deserves the spot. Um, now we're gonna move on to the forward spots on the bench, and we're gonna start off with Paul George. Now, Paul George is averaging uh twenty four points a game, six rebounds, five point one assists, shooting forty five percent from the field, and thirty nine percent from three. <clears throat> Paul George, I think. For me, at least, there was a little bit of questions as to whether he would be on this list or not. But, I mean, looking at his stats, he's been pretty damn good. Now, the injury concerns are there in terms of how much games he's missed. But, again, the fact that the Clippers, despite how many games they've lost to injuries, are still within that top eight ranking in the Western right Conference. Now. Exactly. Top six, uh, as of right now, at least. Um I think you have to have at least one representative, and it's definitely not going to be Kawhi because he's barely played, and he's averaging like sixty. He's averaging like sixteen points a game. He probably load manages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like uh, Jimmy Butler did that one year. I, I still hate Jimmy Butler. Shout for that. out Jimmy Butler, bro. But, he stole Lou Williams. I think it's Lou Williams. Yeah, I think he stole Lou Williams out of a spot for that All Star game. Jimmy was it, Butler. Was it Kyle? No, Kyle was there. No, no, no. That was when Jimmy was on uh, Minnesota. I think it was Western oh, Conference. Yeah, that's why. That's why I remember yeah, yeah. Lou Will being really, really mad because Jimmy. Didn't tell anybody he was not gonna play, and then just didn't play in the All Star game. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was a BS move. Bro. That was that, a pretty pretty that, that's a pretty bad move. But in terms honest. of Paul George, I think yeah, like the, the point you know that was correct. Like the fact that the Clippers have been as good as they are, they definitely deserve a representative. And Paul George being their best player, being the guy that has had to kind of guide the ship as Kawhi has kind of recovered from injuries. Um, you know, I think. I think he deserves it. I think in terms of forward spots, and we'll get into some of the notable snubs and why we felt 
we went with certain names over others. But I think overall, Paul George, you know, he's far away from his way off P days. I'll, I'll say that much. But yeah, definitely deserves a spot to be for sure. Bringing us into the second forward spot of the reserves. Um, for this one, we're going to give it to uh, DeMontis Sabonis of the Sacramento Kings. Yes, I said the Sacramento Kings. As of right now, they are, uh, I think, a top six seed in the in the Western Conference. They've been pretty good this season, man. I'm Ex- not going to lie. The beam, like, the beam is legendary, man. Like the beam. Listen, man, the, the Kings have been doing some new stuff. They they look they definitely look different. They look better. They look like they look like an NBA team. Um shout out Mike Brown. Shout out Mike Brown. He's done a very good job in terms of coaching these guys up. Uh getting them to buy in and play well. We've talked about them in previous episodes. But the fact that they got themselves to this level, I in our opinion, really just warrants them getting a representative in the All-Star game. And you know, you could argue, I think, you know, between, you know, De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Abonis. But honestly, Sabonis, I mean, he's averaging about 18.7 points a game, 12 rebounds, nearly 7 assists, 62% from the field, 41% from three. I mean, those are pretty solid numbers, man. And he's played basically the whole season. I mean, he's playing right now. He, he's playing right now with a broken thumb. I yeah, like he's, he has a hand injury as well, so he's playing through that. And, you know, he's been an all-star in the past. You know, I think DeMontis is... He's polished himself out to be a really good player. I look back at the, at, at the 2018 draft and... You know, the fact that the Raptors had the ninth pick and we could have drafted DeMontis Sabonis and we didn't. I mean, we wouldn't have had him anyways. Listen, man, I, I love you, Yaka, but, like, uh, I wanted Sabonis. But, listen, man, DeMontis Sabonis, listen, De'Aaron Fox might get the, the scoring numbers over DeMontis Sabonis. But if you watch the Kings, Sabonis is really the engine that makes the Kings run. Yeah. His facilitating is absolutely, if you're talking about big man facilitators, I think Jokic obviously is first, but I think DeMontis Sabonis is in that conversation in like the top three, top five, or whatever it is. Um, he's really the engine that makes the Sacramento Kings run. And he's been... Honestly, if you look at the trade, I know we roasted it at the time, but it might look like a win-win trade, to be honest. It's been a... I think it might turn out to be a win-win trade. It has Halliburton's been great in Indiana. Halliburton's nice. Sabonis, after that rough initial period when he first got traded, he's turned himself, especially now in Mike Brown's system... A really, really good player in Sacramento. So, listen, man. I think that's one of those rare win-win trades. Yeah, I, I think looking back at the trade, I think both teams really did benefit off of it. We'll see how 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 long term it progresses, which I think was the biggest concern with a lot of people, just because of the, there was an age difference as well. But yeah, so far Sabonis has looked great. I Halliburton, I really, really like Halliburton. He's a he's a really good player. Uh, but yeah, I think for the Western Conference, I. The Kings have been great, and they deserve an all-star. And Sabonis is definitely, we think, should be the representative. And the final forward spot on the bench for the Western Conference, we're going to give it to Lowry Markinen. He just dropped a 49-piece the 49. other day. He's averaging 24.5 points a game, 8 rebounds, showing 53% from the field, and 42% from 3, also 88% Yo, from Jim the Jim Boylan's line. breaking his punch clock right now because <laughs> of how much bro, Listen, Jim man, Boylan we, ruined we, this guy's career. We saw it. We always saw the potential with Lowry Markinen, especially as I talked about that season that he had in Cleveland. You really started to see him blossom into what he is now. We didn't see 49 points, man. Like, I think the opportunity combined with, obviously... Uh, people don't remember, but him playing for Finland in the past summer, mm-hmm. like this guy was going insane for that team. So we really start to get understanding of what Larry Markkinen could be this season in the summer when we we're like, yo, this guy's really balling out for Finland. And now what you see him with the opportunity to lead a team in Utah who has 
supposed to be like in conversation to have the worst record in the league and have been surprisingly very competitive. Now again, they're basically where you would think they'd be. They now. came they're back down of, to earth. They came. They came back down to earth. They're not in the playoffs seeding anymore. But they're in the play-in, I think right now. I think they're still in the play-in. But like again, this is no doubt being a very successful season oh, yeah. for the Utah Jazz already, and that has a lot to do with Larry Markin and stepping in to be. That next face of the Utah Jazz, we didn't think the Utah Jazz would replace their uh, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell faces that quickly. But Larry Markinen has really stepped up, and I think um, the team as a whole has bought into Will Hart- what Will Hardy's preaching. And we obviously know Danny Ainge is going to pull something down the line. and More um, picks. Yeah, more picks. or He's going to do something, right? So I think Larry Markinen, shout out to him, like, he... Like, there's questions about this final forward spot, but I think he really cemented himself into this final forward spot, especially with that 49 piece. I mean, and the numbers aren't even that bad. I mean, 24 points per game, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 53% from the field, 42% from 3. Those are all-star numbers. Those are really, really good numbers. And the Jazz have been surprisingly very good this season. So, yeah, I I think Lowry Markin is definitely... And I think... In terms of the reserves, also when we're talking about that, coaches really look at that stuff. Coaches really look at have you put in the work? Do you know have you how have you adapted the new circumstances situation? Much better defender this year as well. Yeah, massively he's, improved. He's also improved himself on the defensive side. The, so, yeah, Larry Markkinen definitely deserve deserves an opportunity. Uh, so those were the main uh, roster spots. We do have the last two wild card positions that we want to talk about. The first wild card spot, we're gonna give it to Devin Booker. Obviously, the Phoenix Suns have are, you know having a relative down year in considering the, the past couple of seasons, but there's no denying Devin Booker is still a fantastic player. He's averaging 27 points per game, 5 rebounds, about 6 assists per game, shooting about 48% from the field, 37% from 3. But, I mean, the Suns are still a good team. Not as good as they were in previous seasons, but Devin Booker is still... He's still good enough to make an all-star, an all-star team, and I think... Yeah, given, you know, there are other players that we're going to talk about in the snub section. Um, you know, yeah, we feel that like Devin Booker has an edge over those guys. Listen, man, as much as everyone hates Devin Booker... He's a good player, man. You can't deny he's the only thing that's basically right for the Phoenix Suns right now. Yeah. Um, DeAndre Ayton has been up and down, and obviously we know what his situation is. He got is a bag, though. He's, he's, not, he, he's not a very happy guy in Phoenix, clearly. Um, Chris Paul looks like he's basically at, tail, at the tail end of his career. Yeah, he's got to retire. Um, and then, I mean, no, Chris Paul's been like good in stretches, but he's clearly not what he was, at least even last season at this point. He's got to retire. The main thing, the main issue with the Phoenix Suns that doesn't get talked enough, uh, besides the chemistry issues and stuff, is the fact that Cam Johnson's been out. That's a huge part of your team. And for him to be out is you lose a huge 3 and D piece. And he's good. Like exactly. He's, he's really good, good, man. He's really good. So, I mean, Cam Johnson, I think, hasn't been talked enough, uh, uh, talked about enough in terms of how much he's impacted the Phoenix Suns. But also, Jay Crowder isn't even playing. Yeah, exactly. And and that like I don't I didn't know he was that good to warrant like him sitting out. But apparently, Phoenix James Jones and him came to an agreement. So whatever. I mean, like he he basically just want like Jay Crowder just wants out. Which I'm like, why? I, I, I get know. it. Like, the contract stuff and then, like, his role on the team, I get it. But, like, I don't know, man. Whatever. Yeah. The point is, Devin Booker definitely deserves a spot. And for our final spot uh, on the Western Conference, also our team for the final wild card spot, we are going to be putting in Damian Lillard. Now, the Portland Trailblazers have a top eight record in the Western Conference. And, again, they deserve 
rep a representative in the all-star game and i think damian lillard has to be it obviously he's rebounded from last year from being injury riddled last year and especially like last year i think was the first time we really saw him struggle and there was the question of is this gonna be the new damian lillard with all the injuries and whatnot now granted he hasn't been as healthy as he once was and i think he's just older at this point that's it, unfortunately it's gonna probably start piling on but he's still returned to being basically Damian Lillard. Um, the team around him has been... It was really good to start off the season. It's kind of rebounded back to where you think they'd be, right? In that lower conf uh, lower tier playoff spot. But Damian Lillard has been pretty damn good. Um, he's gone back to being Damian Lillard, uh, averaging 27 points a game, 7.2 assists, shooting 44% from the field and 37% from the three-point line. So, like I said, Damian Lillard, I think you have to have a rep from the Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard looks like Damian Lillard again. And I think it would be a crime not to have him in the All-Star game. Yeah, and I think, like, personally speaking, I think, yeah, the, the rebound after last season was, I think, the, 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 the biggest bright spot for Damian Lillard. Because we didn't really think of how healthy he was going to be this season. So far, I mean, he's missed he's missed some a lot of games. But I think, personally, he's looked a lot better. He obviously is in a much better state of mind, I think, with the new team around them, the new environment. Chauncey Billups has a lot more to work with now uh, with Jeremy Grant and some of the some of the other players they brought in the offseason. So Portland has definitely turned definitely turned things around. They're definitely nowhere near a, title, a championship contending team, which is what Damian Lillard wants. But in, comparatively to last season, they're definitely rebound very well. And again, Dame is putting up some great numbers, and he I think he deserves return back to all-star glory. So those were our Western Conference All-Star Reserves. Just to recap them again, the two guard spots, Steph Curry and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The three forward spots, we're giving them the Paul George, DeMontis Sabonis, and Larry Markkinen. And our two wildcard spots are going to Devin Booker and Damian Lillard. Now, this is granted that none of these guys get hurt before the All-Star game, but... Yeah, let us know what you guys think. Do you agree or disagree with our with our with our official All Star predictions? And assuming anybody gets hurt, here are our notable snubs. Yeah, first and foremost, De'Aaron Fox. We kind of mentioned it. The Kings have been very well. I wouldn't say very, but they've been good comparatively to other seasons. Um, they've been playing very. They've been playing well. Uh, and again, they deserve a representative, and I think the toss-up was between Darren Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. For us personally, we felt that DeMontis was more of the engine of the team, so therefore we put DeMontis in. But I could very also, well see Darren Fox getting in. I mean, also because DeMontis was vying for a forward spot yeah. rather than Darren Fox, who was competing against... Basically, he was competing with SGA, Devin Booker, and Damian Lillard for uh, a spot in the in on the All-Star team. So I think... It would be a very tough sell to put Deer and Fox over any of those guys. And so for that reason, that's why we did put DeMontis Bonus just because he had an easier chance of making it than comparatively to Deer and Fox. But yeah, Deer and Fox, I think, I mean, hopefully not that there won't be any injuries, but assuming that there is, I think he would probably be the first or second guy to be nominated onto the All-Star team. And he's been really good this season, man, for sure. Um, the other guy, the uh, another notable snub is... Of course, Anthony Davis. Uh, he's averaging twenty-seven and twelve. He's, I mean, to be honest, this season he's been the best he's ever been in His a Lakers jersey. In incredible. Besides the three-point shooting, which I think I don't know at this point, I think this is just what eighty. He's is. not a three-point shooter. Let's he's see. not a three-point shooter. He shot the best of his career in the bubble, but again, not traveling has very a huge impact on especially Anthony Davis, right? 
Um, unfortunately, the story with Anthony Davis again is just he's injured, man. He's always injured, and that's been a problem. And it looked it, it was bad because the Lakers seemed to have started to turn around when he was going crazy. Um, but again, he got injured again, and so in terms of numbers. He, he definitely deserves a spot, I think, numbers-wise, but because of the Lakers' record and the fact that he's injured again, yeah, I don't think you can justify putting him uh, immediately. Now, again, if there's injury spots that open up, knock on wood, hopefully not, but well, first off, AD we need would to, probably be in that discussion. We need to know if AD's healthy enough to <laughs> exactly. play. Like, that's the other thing, because we don't know when AD's coming back. You know, I think we heard, like, a month, but that could be longer now. Like, he's going to be evaluated, so... Who really knows the Anthony Davis? But it's just a shame, man, because the guy is so talented. He's so good. Um, the numbers warrant an all-star spot. You said it. But, again, if the guy's hurt, he can't play. So it really came down to that for us. And the final uh, notable snub that we wanted to bring up was uh, Clay Thompson. Now, we were critical of Clay Thompson a few episodes ago. Obviously, when we were kind of – the Warriors were struggling and Clay himself was, was struggling. But as of lately, Clay has really turned it on. He dropped 54 the other day. He dropped 54, reminding us that the dude can still score. Um, and again, it's been an interesting few years for Clay, obviously getting after the, the injury, recovery, and you know just trying to get, get himself back into form. And I think we're now slowly seeing him come back. Uh, his numbers have definitely gotten a lot better uh, since the beginning of the season. But I think because he'd be vying for a guard spot, like we kind of mentioned with De'Aaron Fox, it's really tough, especially considering the Warriors' record, to put him above any of the other uh, player, the guards that we mentioned. And also for the fact that because the Warriors record is poor and the fact that we're already putting Steph Curry in means that one of the Warriors are going to have to sacrifice and it's going to end up being Clay. That's just what it is. Yeah, it's just what it is. But uh, let us know what you guys think. Agree or disagree with our Western Conference All-Star predictions. But uh, yeah, with that, that concludes this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely subscribe to the show on all the various platforms. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and of course on YouTube. Definitely subscribe so you don't miss another great episode from us. Stay tuned. The next episode is going to be our Eastern Conference All-Star Predictions. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, spoiler, that that is going to be a very, very heavily debated episode, I think. Uh, but stay tuned for that. Uh, also, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Upletter and Under Podcast, Facebook.com slash Up and Under Podcast for all the latest updates whenever we post a new episode or a reaction to news as they occur. So definitely follow us there. Also, check out our website, UpandUnderPodcast.com. It's our central hub for the show. It's a place where we write blog posts with every single episode. So if you don't have time to listen or watch the full episode, you can read about it on our website. Every single episode has the, uh, the video, the audio, and the blog all in one place for you. So definitely check that out if you haven't done so. And yeah, man. We're in a new year now, new calendar year, same old Raptors, what else is new? Uh, but yeah, more things to look forward to. The All-Star break is coming up uh, in, in about a month, uh, trade deadline. Uh, we already had our first um, a- attendant, I think that's the word, for uh, the slam dunk contest. Shaden Sharp already confirmed that he's going to be there, so yep. I mean, that's definitely one good option over there. I mean, the slam dunk competition, they really got to fix that thing, man. It's, it's, I mean, the thing is, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't think it's really fixable, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But, yeah, more All-Star news is going to start coming out, so definitely stay tuned for that. But, yeah, man, exciting times, man. But at least for now, with that, that concludes this week's episode. we see you guys on the next one. Take it easy. Easy.